What's up, everybody? This is Thomas Bahamas, and you are here for episode number 31 of Solana Weekly. So I am here, as always, to drop some alpha on what's going on and uh, try to predict where we are going. So we've kind of flattened out as far as price action goes, but uh, we have got some serious NFT action going on in the community right now. So I spent my morning trying to get uh trying to mint the gen 3 smbs and i was failing so i'm um, going back at it after i'm going back after it in a little bit here today and you know what i'm all jacked up i'm super excited discord's going crazy uh there's music being played there's failed transactions going on it feels like the good old days so i'm having fun hope you guys are having fun hope you're checking them out check out the barrels um but yeah, want to dig right into it here. So the price of Solana, uh, we are down a little bit from last week. So down about 4% uh, from 1691 to a total of 1618. Um, overall, I'm actually okay with it, right? So we didn't fill that gap uh, up to 23, but we also didn't dip from the massive amounts that Robinhood was dumping. Uh, so, you know, again, they had millions of soul and... Um, they are no longer going to be supporting Sol and a few other cryptocurrencies labeled securities on their platform. So they were automatically selling them. Um, and it wasn't as intense as they made it out to be, right? So um, I think they did end up liquidating. I think they sold it through Jump. And I don't think they've actually sold all of it. But you couldn't tell that from the price, right? So, um, you know, last week we were clearing... 17 in the middle of the episode i was all pumped up but um you know we didn't get the breakout that i wanted but we also didn't go down a ton um i think that uh you know us not going down too much there is super bullish um and i i still think the outlook the overall outlook on solana long term is really good the value prop has never been clear um you know there's like tons of podcasts now there's tons of people that are pro solana people are basically engagement farming um, on Twitter by talking trash. So uh, it's good to see um, the price is not reflecting, you know, that positive uh, sentiment, but I'm okay with it. Um, I think long-term we'll look back at this as one of the great times to buy. So um, still getting after it. Uh, Soul ETH is down 4%. You know, ETH continues to hold strong, right? We just can't catch a break against our uh, friendly foes in the ETH community. And, uh, you know, I can't mention ETH without bringing up the Azuki fiasco. So one of the top NFTs in their community, um, they dropped the Gen 2 and uh, they instantly raised 40 mil off of it. So the kicker on this is it's basically the same art, right? So the second kicker to it is that there's a bunch of twins in the set. So it's a, it's a disaster. Um, you know, it sounds like something you'd see on Solana for a free mint, but uh, not the case here. Um, it also highlights, you know, what is only possible on ETH, right? So $40 million raised in minutes, $40 million raised in minutes. Um, it's, it's so much money, it's crazy. 
Um, you know, I think this is a good way to kind of highlight the difference between the two communities. There's just so much more liquidity on ETH. Um, you know, it, it does kind of make me pretty bullish seeing, you know, how much money there is out there. And, you know, as soon as some of them start to wise up, they'll come over to Solana. So, um, so yeah, that's what we got on ETH. Um, so Bitcoin. You know, continues to bleed. Uh, saw a good comparison on this actually, though that that does lead to, you know, a potentially bullish setup. Um, you know, you always look at charts, historical charts, and try to try to make sense of them. A lot of it, you know, might be BS, but a lot of it ends up kind of coming true. Um, so, you know, back in the day, ETH had a huge dump and went down. I think it was ninety-seven percent versus Bitcoin. Um, and then it mooned back up, right? So um, if you look at the height of Solana versus where we're at now, we're down about 95%. So if history does run, um, we could be almost at the bottom of this chart and make our way out. However, you know what? Every single week since I brought up Sol Bitcoin, it's been down a little bit. So, um, you know, I, I do hold Bitcoin, but, um, you know, it's, it's hard to see this, but, uh, you know, there is a way out. There's some light at the end of that tunnel. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what we got for prices. Um, you know, I did want to move over to some NFTs. So Gen 3. Um, so I am super excited for the Gen 3 SMBs. Um, they're doing the barrel pre-sales right now, um, and they are overloaded, right? So... They're only doing 250 to 500 at a time. They're oversubscribed. They sell out in uh, under a minute. So I think the first, this one um, at 6 a.m., I missed because my transaction went through in 30 seconds and it sold out in 20. So <laughs> that's that's kind of what we're dealing with, right? We're dealing with a lot of people that want to get in on this. And, you know, it, it sucks because I wanted it, but it also, you know, it's bullish. It's showing that, uh, you know, we want in. And I will continue to uh, get after these. I've got another one here coming up, and uh, there's another one later today. So I'm going to try to max out that and then join the public raffle. So um, it's looking good. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is hugely bullish uh, for the overall project. And I think for Solana as well, right? So this is going to be what allows MonkDAO to take over the SMB um, IP and... I mean, it really, there's not going to be anything stopping them after that. So uh, can't wait. Um, you know, again, best team, I think. Um, everyone that's in Solana knows about SMBs. So, you know, to give access to them at a lower price, I think is awesome. Uh, I think the art's great. And uh, can't wait to see how it goes. So, you know, report back next week. I think we actually get the reveal of the barrels, right? So you mint a barrel. And then um, you can crack that barrel open on July 3rd. So next week we'll be talking about it. Hoping to have five barrels to open. Um, maybe keep one or two in the back pocket and not open them for a while. Um, but we'll see. So, you know, if, if that doesn't really make sense, think about Utes, right? So Utes had the Ute tubes that you minted. And then um, at a later date, you could, you know, break them open and actually reveal your Ute. Um, as more and more YouTubes got um, actually opened, 
the tubes had a higher price than the actual utes because there was so many legendaries left, right? So there will be some interesting price action there, and I'm looking forward to it. <sighs> yeah, but, you know, it's fun. You know, the, the Discord's been going crazy, so uh, I love it, and I uh, can't wait to see where this goes. Now, there are kind of two bigger topics that I wanted to go over. I kind of like the big thoughts, been trying to think about, like, bigger things, think about what really matters. Um, and I think the two that I want to go over are um, probably lending and just kind of overall lending and then um, investable assets versus usable digital assets. So um, I wanted to go over lending in general. Right, so I am of the mind that NFT lending and borrowing is just absolute BS. Right, there's, there's no, there's nothing there. Right, it's it's there's no good outcome. It doesn't help anyone. Um, nobody wants a three day loan. Nobody wants a three day mortgage on an NFT. It's just dumb. However, it's decentralized. Right, it's peer to peer. Um, there isn't a centralized entity that's holding on to these. And all of these DGENs that are taking out, you know, 90% loan-to-value loans and all the lenders that are just looking for, you know, lend whatever to whoever, um, all of them are better, are performing better than all of the centralized lenders that blew up uh, over the last year. So um, that's, think BlockFi, think Voyager, um, you know, I'm sure there's a bunch of other ones that went under two, Celsius. Um, you know, your, your average degen is, uh, is performing better than them. Uh, <laughs> right. And I mean, we didn't know, you know, I guess you would just expect that an institution would have, um, you know, good control over what they're doing, good, good practices on, on what they're doing. And we just found out that they aren't right. So I, I got, uh, $15 back from Voyager. Um, I, I use them for lending. I would get uh, 10% yield on stables there. So I, I, I don't remember exactly how much I had on that. Let's just say it was $1,000 that I put in there, and I was getting a 10% yield on that. Um, you know, it was converted to USDC, and they would pay me, uh, I think it was monthly or something. But I don't know. I was getting a great yield, and it was a good platform, right? So... But what were they doing with that money? <laughs> they were making wild gambles with it, right? So I gave them $1,000. They were lending that out to Three Arrows Capital. So Suzu, Kyle Davies. Um, I, I think that these were uncollateralized loans um, a lot of the times. So they were loaning billions of dollars to them and Three Arrows Capital was just wildly long and degenning all of this into crypto, um, you know, without limiting their downside. So the, what's a hedge fund that isn't hedging? You know, one that's about to blow up. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, it, that, I guess that highlights kind of what DeFi really is and how, you know, when there isn't a centralized entity you know, there is no room for, you know, I, I guess like idiot, terrible protocols like, um, 
like what Voyager had or, or what block I had. So um, I don't know. I, it made me think of that. But, um, you know, our average NFT degen being better than, you know, a billion-dollar company, it just makes no sense, right? Uh, but that's that's the reality, and that's the that's the power of DeFi, right? So, so yeah, that that got me excited. Um, now the other one that is coming to mind with all these ETFs, BlackRock, um, I, it, every big institution is back on their ETF, right? So the way that uh, BlackRock did it, they had a few provisions in it that were favorable. Um, and everyone's adding that to theirs. Um, so we'll see if they get through, but it's this is all on Bitcoin, right? So this gives, you know, everybody access to a digital asset. Um, and it seems like this is going to go through, right? So we're talking about a crypto asset that is going to be highly investable, Um and the underlying asset really isn't that usable, right? So you can't really do too much with Bitcoin. Um, the Lightning Network seems to be like the solution, you know, for everything, and it's just not there. Um, so, I, I mean, ordinals are cool, but it's still like, it's, it's an ancient protocol, right? So everything is slow. Everything takes forever. Everything's expensive. It, it's really not that good. Um, so what... I will, so the most investable asset will be the least usable where you go over to ETH, you go over to L1s, you go over to Solana. Um, all of these have been labeled securities by the SEC and multiple lawsuits. Um, yes, this is being fought, but that's what they labeled it, right? So, um, so those are now horribly uninvestable and they're becoming more investable over time. Um, because they're being taken off all the platforms, right? So Robinhood had to sell, all, sold all their assets because they didn't want to be, they didn't want to be selling unregistered securities on their platform. Um, so they're being delisted by more and more places, and uh, making it harder and harder for the average person to get a hold of Solana. Um, and you know, you look at what you can do with Solana; it's the most usable asset. Right, so um, it's cheap, it's fast. You can do anything you can do on any other chain with it. So um, it's it, the dichotomy here is insane, right? You know, you can invest in something that doesn't do much, but you can't invest in something that you know opens up a whole new world. So um, I don't know. I don't. I don't like that trajectory, and I don't think that's what's gonna you know keep going. Um, so worth bringing up. Um, and yeah, I guess one more thing, you know, when it comes to lending and NFT lending, you know, I, I think it's useless. Um, what we saw with gen three SMBs was a bunch of people mortgaging or borrowing, um, SMB gen twos because you got a free or not a free, but you got like an automatic mint of a barrel with one. It was 12 soul. Um, so what we saw was a run up in the price before. I think it got to 250, uh, 250 soul or so. And then right after that first pre-sale went through, um, it dipped down to like 180. So what, what we're seeing was people 
add, you know, a three-day mortgage on on a second SMB, third SMB, fourth, um, and then after they needed to sell it, right? So what they did is they just dumped it into bids, and the bids went down all the way to 180. Um, so I don't know. That wasn't worth it. You know, you saved eight soul from the public raffle and you know you could have potentially lost like 80 soul so i don't know not not, not what we want to see not the best um but still you know i guess it's there and you know the protocols aren't going under it's just people are getting liquidated so um so yeah i figured that was worth going over now, something that I did want to bring up, so I keep hearing about all these compressed NFTs and C NFTs, and you know, it's so cheap to send these back and forth. And I figured, you know, we go to get into a little bit of the tech on this. Um, so, you know, what's making this all possible is a Merple root, right? So this is a cryptographic hash that is used to verify the integrity of a set of data, right? So. In the context of Solana NFTs, a Merkle root's used to create the compressed NFT. Um, you know, and this is this allows it to basically store the metadata within the ledger rather than in a separate account. Um, so this reduces the storage cost of NFTs while still maintaining the security and speed. Um, and, and that's what really allows it to your late your basically sending these to a wallet and you're not having to pay a fee to open an account for that. Um, so that's why, you know, you could basically drop free NFTs to people. Um, so something like Drip House is able to do that only because of compressed NFTs and because, um, because it, you don't actually have an, ac an account for that. Um, you know, I, I kind of read through that and thought it was interesting. So I thought I'd share it. And I'm going to finish out with a thought on uh, thinking. So I always use crypto, right? So you know, the word crypto versus Web3. I feel like uh, I'm going to embrace Web3. You know, I've been pretty pro crypto over, over Web3 because that's kind of like what the OGs use. But I think I'm over it. You know, the Web2 guys came in, seemed to coin this term, and it got pretty cringy. But I think it's actually really good. Uh, I think it kind of brings it out to the mainstream, um, much better connotation than crypto, right? You hear crypto and think like super shadowy coders in their parents' basement or something. You hear Web3 and think, you know, NFTs and DeFi and fun ways to rework the internet, you know? So I, I think it's different. I think it's better. And I, I think I'm going to embrace it. So, you know, finish with a little positivity there. Looking forward to this mint. You know, I hope you guys are having a good week and uh, look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks so much.